The eyes have it. It was a long time ago. But that wretched man had really messed up her head. He'd been easily in his thirties, and she a traumatized and innocent sixteen. An orphan landed on her maternal uncle and aunt, who saw him as a quick way to be rid of her. An illegal way, given she'd been underage by a mile. But did they care? She'd been stunned to realize how little they cared. No adult had taken her side, not even the ones whose job it had been to be on her side. They'd all been sympathetic towards the uncle and aunt. How long was one to feed someone else's child? This man was willing to take her off their hands for free. That was an opportunity to be grabbed and not to let trivial concerns of illegality or the minor matter of the rights of a child come in the way. Her schoolmates had raised a ruckus. And he'd retreated in the face of their boisterous opposition. But after that, she'd known it was just a matter of time, and the first opportunity she'd got, the police recruitment drive, she'd jumped at it and left the uncertain shelter of her uncle's home. Yet, even after all these years, memories of him remained strong. His twisted brow and the strange eyes. One larger, one smaller, and slightly lower set were fresh in her mind. It had been tough for a woman to rise in these ranks. The male officers had thought to ride roughshod over her, but they'd underestimated her at their peril. For she was physically strong, mentally fit, and strategically clever. You couldn't get this far without clever. She hoisted herself into the front seat. And as they cruised to HQ, her eyes automatically scanned the streets. She rapped out a series of directions to the backseat boys, her affectionate name for her lower ranks. Though it was hard, unrelenting work under her command, foot soldiers vied to join the ranks, and no one ever left voluntarily. She was constantly grooming her backseat boys, a term which included the girls, by the way. And they were always transferred before they reached full fruition. But they took her systems and efficiency wherever they went. So as a result, she had loyal supporters everywhere, men and women in khaki, who would go out of their way to help her. They formed an informal countrywide network that functioned under the official radar. She tapped her baton on the dashboard, and the driver brought the jeep quickly to a halt. Back up. She said tersely, "The back seat was instantly on alert. They recognized that tone. To the temple," she told the driver, eyes seeking outside for whatever it was that had alerted her. She tapped the baton again, and the driver paused. Oni, that middle-aged man in the black checked shirt near the third from right flower cellar. I want photos and ID. Keep it casual, but get the basics. Check a few others for effect. Sonia, go with him." Forty-five minutes at HQ. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, ma'am. 
he is with the young girl in the blue sari, Unni replied. He and Sonia already on the road. The vehicle sped off, leaving the two to follow her instructions. Everyone wondering what had aroused her interest in the perfectly ordinary looking father and daughter duo. And how she picked them out in the temple crowd. But there must be something in it, for she was really wrong. Oni and Sonia reported in before the stipulated 45 minutes and not a second too soon by her reaction. They handed over a cell phone containing photographs. She took only a glance, then closed her eyes and slumped into her chair. And two chaps almost jumped to her side. Her spine had never been known to touch the back of that chair. Shock and worry were etched on every brow. Her eyes were still squeezed shut and she was evidently struggling with something. She tightened up again with a deep breath, caught Uni's eye and nodded for his report. Uni had the basic data plus one unexpected fact that the young 18-year-old with him was not his daughter as had been generally assumed but his wife. She nodded knowingly. She'd looked as young as a daughter but had the body language of her wife. That's what had caught her eye in the first place. They needed to sharpen up and observe, not just see. I want him turned inside out. All the facts and beyond the facts. Dig. Unearth every single link in the chain. Use the network. And they were dismissed. None the wiser about what they were looking for. The reconnaissance started. And in only days, the facts started tumbling out with an almost unseemly haste. As if they'd been waiting years for someone to put them together. And they were damning. There was hardly a state where he wasn't known. Big cities, small towns, tiny villages. Everywhere they looked, someone recognized him. He'd been in their sights, but he'd always managed to skip clean. Suspicions had been rampant, but somehow they hadn't stuck. Women had an unfortunate tendency to die around him. Young women. Moreover, young women he was married to. They'd already found nine cases and there might be more. Who knew? They were still digging. He married them young, very young. He kept getting older, but his preference for the first bloom of adolescence remained unchanged. They were married, bringing a small or large dower. They lived blissfully together till her money ran out. He was a caring and devoted husband. No reproach could be brought home to him on that score. Each marriage was ostensibly happy, except for one thing. They were all childless. Sometime during that first year, the young wife would be packed off to her parents' home for a vacation and would die there. He was always far away when it happened. Of course he was investigated. But there was never anything linking him to the deaths. Not once in nine. He would sit out the investigation patiently and leave with his reputation unstained breaking off all further relations with her family. What was there to keep them together anymore? 
each investigating officer had been damn suspicious but hadn't been able to bring the guilt home to him he'd walked in each case not one in nine even knew about the others this current marriage was almost a year old they'd come visiting the temple hoping for the blessing of a child they were on a nine day roster of daily morning and evening pujas her eagle eye had caught them and her backseat boys across the country dug deep to get her the facts she sought one of her former proteges from out of state mentioned that the wife in his case number 3 had been on some vitamin tablets the husband had told her they would help her to conceive and the poor illiterate woman had accepted them gratefully and taken them faithfully every night the medication had been scrutinized naturally but had proved to be authentic vitamin pills and nothing else but instantly all the other eight confirmed vitamin bottles on their cases too and as of day 5 the new wife was observed taking out a bottle of pills and shyly taking one after dinner every night under the fawning approval of the suspect pills or capsules she asked and the lot of them across the nine zones almost hit their heads capsules it was of course the whole nefarious business fell tidily into place after the 9 days of puja the couple spent another week in the city quiet days but torrid nights according to the shift staff they heard talk of the wife going home for a while she should rest the puja might be taking effect he would pick her up again in a week or two the backseat boys were raring to go but she was cool and patient He escorted his bride to her hometown and left early the next morning. Immediately a police woman swooped in and confiscated the vitamin bottle. Another team had eyes on him. He couldn't have changed his mind without their knowing. The bottle was sent off for analysis. There were only 12 capsules in it. As expected, one just one had been tampered with. it contained a slow release drug enough to do the deed with no saying when she would select that particular capsule only surely well after he'd left and once it had slid down that slender throat there was no evidence to link its contents back to the vitamin bottle she could have picked up the toxin anywhere food poisoning was the usual fall guy the rest of the capsules always proved to be innocent and of course he never intended returning until it was over whenever that was the arrest was accomplished with minimum fanfare he had no idea what hit him he'd got away with financially draining and killing at least 9 women he'd been careful to spread himself around geographically how had his master plan been foiled especially when the latest victim was still alive and kicking she stepped up to him as he was brought out in handcuffs he didn't seem to recognize her she recognized him all right he had a twisted brow and strange eyes one larger one smaller and slightly lower set 